Uh, so Kid Phoenix. Yes, yes. I just got this tester in the mail for this new pharmaceutical product. Said it's supposed to. Uh, it's supposed to really, you know, keep me going. Keep me. Keep really to keep me up and like moving around and so they're super stimulated. So they're they're doing free mailers of cocaine now. Is that what they're doing? Well, I, it's not cocaine. It's from this new pharmaceutical company called Umbrella. Oh God, no! Put it that. Throw it in the trash. Throw it in the trash. Throw it away right now. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. I mean, it's got some, it's it's touting some pretty incredible results. I don't care. I don't give a shit. Like you should know anything coming from that corporation. Listen, unless it's protecting me from rain showers, I want nothing to do with anything with the word umbrella in it. I'm sorry. It does say how it is. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be prejudicial. It's just, it's just how it is. I, I know the history of that corporation. No. Just just reading the fine print. Oh, my God. Side, side effects, nausea, vomiting, possible zombification. I feel like that um, last one is one that I don't necessarily want to deal with. It's probably not what you want. Probably not what you want. <laughs> uh, in, in case you haven't figured it out by Teebs's, uh brilliant opening seriously teams is really good at the opening sometimes when it's his turn to open a podcast we are talking about resident evil a franchise that has been around since the mid 90s and we've loved we've loved every second of it the new resident evil 4 remake was announced at the ign summer of gaming and yeah to carry on the tradition of great Capcom remakes because they're not doing much of anything else. Uh, we have a Resident Evil 4 make now. So we thought it was a good time, the perfect time, to discuss and uh, just celebrate this. Not to mention an all-new not to mention an all-new Resident Evil series coming on Netflix. Right. And we'll we'll get into that as well because I'm I'm more of a fan of the the series and the the movies elements of Resident Evil, much to Teebs' personal disappointment in me as a person. But we'll get to that later. Resident Evil, who is it? What is it? Uh, it is a great franchise that started back with PlayStation One, and. Um, what can I say? It's a, it started the PlayStation boom. It wasn't a launch title, but it came out shortly thereafter the system's release. It was not a launch title, but it was a launch title for it was a launch title for Teebs. I saw a couple of friends playing it in the computer lab when I was in college, and um, I said. Now this I computer lab, we're using like old school IBM's, or was it like something with Windows? They were Amigas. Wow, um, Amigas. Jesus, that's going way back. And I knew immediately I have to get my hand on a PlayStation because if this is a video game where I can pretend that I'm in a bad horror movie, well, that's just that's just the Teebs trifecta. Uh, video games, horror movies, and what's the third part of that triangle? Video games again. Oh. <laughs> Because I just forgot what trifecta means. Uh, video, 
horror game. There we go. There it is, right there. Mm-hmm. Um, Resident Evil just seemed like a game that was just too easy and just it was just screamed that it would be popular right away. And some of that had to do with you know the great horror story behind it. And there uh, was no- great is a stretch. Okay, good enough. <laughs> the horror story behind it. Good enough for video games. Okay, let's just go with that. But the great thing about Resident Evil is it didn't, it was gonna, th- it was throwing everything at you. Let's just look at just, let's just look at the diversity of enemies there are in the first Resident Evil game. Just the first one. Just the first game. What do you and got? we're not and we're not talking about like the remake or anything like that where you have like the red zombies and anything like that. No, we're talking about OG PS1. Uh you had your right re- you had your regular old zombies. Regular ass zombies. You had the zombie dogs. Dogs. Um there was there was a there was a giant fucking snake. Wait, 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 wait. Dogs. Crows. Crows. Jesus. Giant snake. Giant spider. Giant spider. A shark. Shark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And then whatever the... frogs with razor shark claws. The fucking hunters. Fuck those guys. Um, And then whatever the fuck tyrant was. Insect-like guys that can hook up onto the ceiling and like oh those no oh, those fucking guys I forgot all about those guys or or, and or, then, or or girls we don't know exactly what their that's true we don't we know don't exactly we, know we what their gender was we, we, we also we don't want to make any assumptions because I don't know what their proclivities were exactly um, <laughs> they they're, they were probably on the spectrum somewhere um and then tyrant whatever the hell he was. Just a giant Frankenstein-like creature with his heart on the outside, because that's how creatures work. I, I guess we have to be—we have to—we have to original. We have to be original and think of some shit. And I, I think that's what was the great thing about Resident Evil: just the variety. Just the variety, like not just let's make a zombie game, let's make a horror game. Yeah, because today you get thousands of zombie games, and it's like whatever. It's like let's have zombies. And dogs and this thing and what else you got and how how many other things can we reference and what's this thing and let's get that in there. It's like oh you want this you want something that looks like a spider but it has claws and it can like jump on ceilings and just like totally f up anybody at any time. Fine, throw it in there. I feel like when the enemies were being developed for Resident Evil, I feel like there was just a giant stack of cocaine on the table and everybody was just taking okay. sniffs just and they were just like down. yeah fuck it throw it in calm down you know what the cocaine a giant shark no- giant sharks fuck it throw it in there it's fine whatever okay <laughs> i don't want to besmirch the good reputation of any of the developers of resident evil here by ins- by insinuating that they were coke fiends let's just walk that back a little bit uh, I will uh, say. Wait, wait a second. I just had a giant. I just had a great idea. Fucking thirty foot long snake, and it can swallow you whole. Fuck it. Yes, throw it in no, there. No, no. <laughs> I think they went to the video store, and they just looked at the horror section, and they said, "I want this and this and this and this, this 
this needs to be there. This thing down here. Yes. <laughs> what's that thing? What's that thing from the fifties? Yeah, throw that in there too. It's fine, whatever. Um, I also resident. But the, Evil. the great thing, but resident, the great thing about Resident Evil, especially with the way the door loading animation worked, because oh my god, let me tell you so. Let me talk about it. Let Uncle Teeb spin you yarn, kids. Back in the day, um, of disc media. See how I let that one go? I appreciate that. Back <laughs> in the days of disc media, um, games couldn't load entire sections like they can today. Right. Or you couldn't load the game from a disc drive because our consoles didn't have disc drives. So in order to make the transition from one scene to another, there would have to be some kind of loading screen. And in Resident Evil, that loading screen was an animation of a door opening. But the screen would go black, you would see the animation of the door opening, and then whatever the hell was behind that door was would fade up. And it was and this fucking horrific. Is, this is probably the greatest use of the loading screen or understanding what you can do and how that can help you in a horror environment. Because when that door closed and that screen faded up, it could fucking have been anything. It back could there. literally it, been anything. Any one of these ideas from these uh, alleged Coke fiends that I talk about, mm -hmm. it could literally be anything. And that just added to the suspense. And it wasn't, it was, it wasn't forced suspense. It was natural, suspenseful moments. And I think that was missing in almost any horror game, right? Because there, there's not, before Resident Evil, there wasn't too much as far as like horror-based video games. Because that, that's true. The, the ideas weren't there. The technology wasn't there. I, that's it's true. unfortunate that the best example might be before that might be Night Trap, which has its own fucking problems. No, I, there's examples before that. So yes, Resident Evil, there, there were horror-ish games before Resident Evil, but nothing on the same, nothing that, I mean, famously, Resident Evil is built on the DNA of a game called Alone in the Dark, which is kind mm. of a... a um, a Lovecraftian, you're walking around this mansion trying to collect clues, these creatures jumping out at you. Um, it just but, combined uh, a lot of things. And it just Resident Evil it was work. much more cinematic. Yes, and, uh, that's the word. Um, um, especially, which, and they kicked that off from the beginning, just the opening sequence of Resident Evil, where it just right. looked like a straight up movie or TV show. It just It just kicked off that way. And you're just like, what the actual shit is going on right now they used a, there was a live action cut scene before uh the original resident evil which really set the stage and, and got you in the right frame of mind and um where like you should you feel like you should not be playing this game in the dark which you know i i made that mistake mm -hmm. now how many i was going to ask you this question how many games was it before they stopped using the door loading animation? Resident uh, Evil 4 is the first game where there's no door animations, right? I believe so, because in, in Nemesis, I'm pretty sure that there was the door loading animation screen. Uh, there's, there's definitely door loading screens in Code Veronica. Okay, before we go too far, I think we need to let the people know what games we're going to be talking about what are the main 
series Resident Evil games. So, and in order to do that, I, I, feel I think like... I need to do a brief rundown of the story of Resident Evil. All right. So, how what what should I set the timer at? Because because I'm I'm gonna time you. I'm gonna see if you can get this done. All right, I need a hard three minutes. Three minutes. Here we go. Resident Evil summed up in three minutes. This should be fun. This should be interesting. And uh, I'm hoping he can uh, do it all and me not have to fill in too many holes. Um. Okay. I, I, I've. I've. Uh... Now we're not going. I'm not going to be dealing with any of the games in the Revelation series, nope. or Survivor, nope. or um, Umbrella Chronicles, or Umbrella or Dark Side Chronicles. Nope. Those are all offshoots. They are um, all off the table. And I'm just talking about main series storyline games. So that includes Village. Yeah, Village is Resident Evil Eight. All right. Okay. I was, I'm just clarifying. That's all I'm saying. Okay. The uh, story begins with a series of bizarre murders in the hills of the Arclay Mountains surrounding Raccoon City, where people were apparently eaten. Um, the STARS unit of the STARS, which stands for a special rescue, special tactics and rescue version of the police department from Raccoon City, goes is sent to investigate. First off is the Bravo team, which is sent to investigate what's going on, but the contact is lost with them. So then the Stars Alpha team, which consists of Barry Burton, Chris Redfield, Jill Valentine, uh, and commanded by Albert Wesker, go to see what the hell happened to Bravo team. As they get there, they find a mansion. You forgot somebody in the Alpha team. I forgot a bunch of people in the Alpha team. The helicopter Um, pilot, man. I'm not getting into every Tom, Dick, and Harry in the fucking team. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they don't matter. <laughs> Do you want me to list all the members of Bravo team? No, that's I can list right. a bunch of other things that suck too. Um, wow. Bravo team. Three catches minutes straight. is out the window. Yeah, it's three not happening. Three minutes is out the goddamn window. <laughs> Fuck it. That's my fault. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, we've discussed why Bravo team sucks on a previous podcast, right. so we don't need to. Do now that. it gets a little. It gets a little bit hectic because depending on which character you play on. The events will unfold differently, but bottom line is, um, Barry was Barry Burton, who was Jill Valentine's good buddy and enjoys sandwiches. Um, <laughs> it's unclear as to whether his motivations are 100% pure. Um, meanwhile, Chris also realizes it might be unclear as to whether Commander Wesker's motivations are, are are pure a lot of uncertainty a lot of uncertainty chris while walking around the mansion finds another character rebecca chambers who is the only surviving member wait, wait, of wait, who team. is at this mansion because resident evil zero she was a member of bravo team that went to investigate what was going on in the mountains during her course of her investigation, she found a train where there was a prisoner who was on his way to Raccoon City, um, escaped. So, but Jesus, <laughs> but all of a sudden they were all attacked by zombies, and then they had to figure out what's going on. And there's weird leech creatures and a train and a training center. Basically, she gets through all that, 
fights all those monsters, fights the giant boss at the end of Resident Evil Zero, and then gets into Resident Evil 1, meets up with Chris, where she becomes totally useless. <laughs> <laughs> She's not totally useless. Like, there's that one part of Resident Evil 1 where she has to get the uh, the antidote when mm-hmm. uh, Chris is bitten by the snake. She helps him when he's bitten by the snake and also helps him with the giant plant, which is a fucking monster we even forgot to mention. Oh, my God, the giant plant. Oh, my God. I'm serious. No, I'm serious. (laughs) I am a thousand percent dead ass. Like, there was so much coke going in these strategy meetings. There's no other way to explain some of the fucking villains in this game. They were, listen, they were just going to pack it in, but let me get to the end of this. Oh, my God. Both teams go through the mansion, meeting increasingly weird and bizarre monsters, including giant plants, sharks, um, not even with laser beams attached to their heads. Just no, fucking just regular sharks. fucking sharks. Regular ass sharks. Regular ass sharks. Until they finally get to the end where they find that Wesker was actually behind it all. If you're Chris, you just see that, oh, Wesker was doing this shit. And if you're Jill, it's like, oh... Barry, why are you doing all this weird shit? It's because, well, Wesker had my was holding my fucking family hostage. So it's all Wesker. Albert Wesker's Wesker. big bad guy. Gets to the end. He unleashes a gigantic, like, mutated monster called the Tyrant. Yes. And turns out the research around creating this thing is the reason why he got all the zombies and everything. It was something called the T-Virus. What's the T-virus? Well, it's something that you use because it will make you extremely hard to kill, but... It regenerates It regenerates cells, I think, is what the tagline is. It makes cells... Some... It makes you... It makes you extremely hard to kill, and... But if you catch it, you'll turn into a zombie. Kind of a, kind of a sticky catch-22. Kind of a sticky catch-22. That's the end of Resident Evil Zero and Resident Evil One. Wait, sorry, I really think I should point out that um, you go to the secret lab underneath the mountain. You find the tyrant. You fight the tyrant. But of course, as with every other Resident Evil game, you're not getting out of there without something blowing up. So the mansion blows up. Resident Evil Two. Six months later. The whole fucking shit goes to hell. (laughs) Actually, we have to do these and we have to do these. We have to split these. Resident Evil 3 Part 1. So. (laughs) Okay. No, we're not doing that. We're not. Got to. That's the way the story works. Resident Evil 3 Part 1. Jill Valentine back from her ordeal at the. uh, Arclay Mountains. In the Arclay Mountains. It's been six months. She's been trying to tell people, look, there's wild shit going on. People are like, ah, you're crazy. Umbrella's get out of here. Umbrella's corrupt, all this shit. Yeah. You're crazy. You're nuts. Get out of here. You don't know what you're talking about. And then, and so finally, Chris just gets fed up with it and says, fuck this bullshit. I'm going to go fucking take care of this problem. I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to Europe to Umbrella headquarters. I'm going to figure out what's going on. I'm putting a stop to this shit right now. Jill, I'm going to Europe. Hands. I'm going to South Africa. I don't know where. Yeah. Jill, I want you to come. I want you to get your shit and come follow me when you're ready. Jill's on her way to leave when, bang, there's a giant zombie outbreak 
in Raccoon City, zombies everywhere. They're in the alleyways. They're in the sewers. They're flying out of the windows. They're, they're coming out of the everywhere. goddamn wall. They're coming out of the like goddamn wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Jill, gets... wait, sorry. No, no, no. Oh, go ahead. I, so I feel free to jump in here. There's no, 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 no. I, yeah. <laughs> so Jill is, like you said, six months later. Jill's doing her thing. She's ready. She's packed. She's ready to go. And then fucking outbreak happens. So now. Jill spends the first half of Resident Evil 3 just trying to get her shit and get the fuck out of Dodge, which she kind of does at the expense of being hunted by this fucking another giant ass character called Nemesis, who is hunting all of the stars members, I guess, out of some ridiculous uh, plot of revenge by Umbrella Corporation, whatever. But Actually, I Nemesis comes in, actually, I all the, the goddamn members. I believe the official canon reason. We don't give a why, shit about that. Why <laughs> Nemesis is after the Stars members is because Umbrella does not want the secret of what was going on to be released. Sure. Only, I think the giant city filled with zombies might be a dead giveaway. <laughs> like, I feel like that would be on the national news. Like, I feel like that's not something you could necessarily get, that, that, get against. That might, that might, that might, that rise, might, that might be trending on Twitter. That might be. Um, so Jill is doing her thing. She gets hunted. And then in this, at the end of the part one of Resident Evil three, there's this huge battle. She's knocked unconscious. And then we go, to Resident Evil 2. Yes. So she, right. There's a big battle. She has a big, uh, you forgot to mention, she has a run in or she meets up with some people from the Umbrella, umbrella Biohazard basically, Countermeasure Service. Basically, basically, Umbrella SWAT team. Umbrella's private mercenary force, force yeah. that comes in that solves problems when their experiments get out of fucking control, which apparently it happens enough for them to have this have in-house <laughs> clean-out crew. <laughs> and keep in mind, folks, this story, like, we've only discussed what? Two we're, and a half games? We've, we're, we've, we've discussed a game and a half, two and a half games at this point. <laughs> Again, so much cocaine. So much eight, cocaine. <laughs> two, there's there's five and a half more games to go. <laughs> uh, so Resident Evil 2 introduces us to Leon Kennedy and Leon Claire Kennedy, Redfield. Leon Kennedy, a rookie-ass police officer. How much of a rookie? It's his first goddamn day. It's his day first goddamn day out of the academy. What's happening. Son uh, of a bitch. <laughs> and... Claire Redfield, the uh, and if that name sounds familiar, it's because she is the sister of Resident Evil One protagonist Chris Redfield. Um, so again, the <laughs> the rookie cop. Oh, sorry, just a moment. I, again, the events of Resident Evil Two unfold differently depending on which character you play and which order you play them in. But right, broad strokes, Leon. They go to, they run through the city, terrorized by zombies. They get to the police station, which also used to be the art museum. Um, (laughs) Oh my God, yeah. 
there's a bunch of bizarre traps and uh, puzzles that they need to solve to just get like honestly like do you really think <laughs> if you were if this was just a regular ass police station do you really think they'd be like okay you need to get the I need to open the armory real fast. All right. Okay, Tim. Well, here's what you need to do. You need to go. You need to go get the chess piece. You need to go get the chess piece and put that on the chess board. The chess board will open up and then you get the Fabergé egg. Turn oh my God. Three times. Get the key out. Go down. Turn the key. And then you can get in the armory. What happened with just basic key rings? What the fuck, fellas? Apparently, there's a big issue with people stealing shit out of the armory. So they got to make this whole elaborate situation. Sure. Um, so the police station. And then it's the it's, it's yet another secret lab. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. At the police station, uh, Leon runs into... Um, Ada Wong, who is there ostensibly looking for her boyfriend, who is a reporter, and Claire Redfield runs into Sherry Birkin, who is a little girl that has somehow nuded her way through this entire experience. Yeah. Um, kind of like Rebecca Chambers. Um, kind of like. <sighs> I feel like Sherry's actually more capable of shit than Rebecca Chambers. But you we'll just see. love shitting on Rebecca Chambers for no reason. I, look, I don't like how did she get through all of Resident Evil Zero and then like forgets how to like walk in Resident <laughs> Evil One. Listen, but, you, need, um, you need to be careful because you know Baby Sis holds Resident Evil Zero in very high regard. I know for some she reason. does. I'm I'm treading carefully. Um, <laughs> gonna have another rebuttal podcast on our hands. Yes. So under so yes, those two things happen. Everybody meets up. Um, depending on which version of the game, there might also be huge tyrant-like creatures that smash down walls, chasing your character through the police station at a certain point, depending on which way you play it. Now again, we're talking about the OGs, we're not even talking about remakes here. Uh Resident Evil 2, the OG and the remake are fairly similar. So in order to, to, to get out of the police station and they figure that the only safe way to travel through the city and to get out is through the sewers. The goddamn sewers. It's definitely my first choice of places to be during a zombie outbreak is in the goddamn sewers. A sewer well, or a cemetery. Those are the two places you want to be. Um, but they handle it, they get through the sewer, but not before they meet some mysterious person that starts shooting at everybody. Like, what the hell's the problem? <laughs> um, I can't remember. Does Leon get shot in the original game? Leon does get shot in the original. Okay, so Leon gets shot. <laughs> Takes a bullet in the ass. <laughs> he gets shot in the ass. Um, by Annette Birkin, and if that name sounds familiar, it is because um that he is, is Sherry Sherry's mother. mother but the whole time this is going while they're traipsing around the the, the, the goddamn sewers, sewer the goddamn sewers <laughs> there's another beast out there that is fucking bigger than even the tyrant fucking shit up all over the place we say and... it all the time we say it all the time sewers sub basements nothing good ever comes from them so they're running against Except Ninja Turtles. They're running from a, a variety of giant beasts that are just tearing shit up all over the place. And Annette runs into, but Annette is wearing a lab coat. And 
guess what, folks? You thought there was a giant lab underneath the mansion in the Arkley Mountains. Turns out there's an even gianter lab underneath Raccoon City itself. How, first of all, first of all, how do you not notice right. the construction of a giant? Like, there was never any rum, like, you didn't hear, like, drilling or something going on like what's that drilling like, seriously just for a, just for a pothole there's jackhammering come on um but basically also resident evil, lab. also resident evil 2 and i need to point this out resident evil 2 introduced a whole nother type of enemy and that's the liquor which is just nothing but flesh and a brain that's literally all it was well because apparently the Umbrella Corporation is really bad at making functional organisms. Who knew? The liquor's brain is on the outside. God, um, I feel like that's a. I feel like that's a really targeted weakness. I feel like that's well, something. That's a bit of a design flaw. It's a bit of a design flaw. But yeah, so they they get through all that. They get to the giants. They get to the gianter secret lab underneath the fucking the city. Massive giant lab underneath the city, which more zombies, which, more plants, more plants. Actually, plant people. Plant people now. now. Plant walking plants. <laughs> plants with legs. Just fucking ferns running around. Uh, giant bees. Giant bees. Uh, oh, the fucking bees. Um, is that it? Yeah, Resident Evil Two does not have the same diversity of beasts that Resident Evil One had. But, but then we get, get back to then we get back to Resident Evil Nemesis Part Two. Not yet. And, not yet. Not, not yet? yet. Okay. Not yet. No. Um. Of course, they set the, the lab for self destruct because it's a Resident Evil game. Something has to die. Something has but, to blow up. But turns out there's a giant secret train network again that nobody saw being built. No it one saw it. But yeah. It was from the giant lab under the city and will take you out of the city. So they're trying to get to this train. Um, they fight the gianter monster who turns out to be William, William Birkin. And if that he, name sounds familiar, it's because it's just it's a uh, it's a uh, it's Annette Birkin's husband and Sherry Birkin's father. Sherry Birkin's father turns out he injected himself with the G virus, which is an even stronger version of the T virus that they were. We got the virus. Why the fuck not? Right. We got this virus that turns people into zombies, and actually, if you use it right, can actually create beings that are super duper powerful. But that's not good enough. We need more shit. Even we need more. So the G virus keeps mutating you no matter what. The G virus keeps mutating you in response to physical trauma. That's why every time you meet Birkin and you fight him, he comes back in a different form because he keeps mutating into a new form that's even more terrible and deadly. So Jesus. you fight him. You get on the tree. You fight him. He dies. But sorry. One more thing. I left this out. It's important to future chapters. He can only reproduce by putting his G-virus embryos into a blood relative. So he's running around looking for Sherry so that he can impregnate her with his embryos. Very freaking incestastic, but whatever. Not um, great. Not what you want. She does get infected, but they do find the vaccine. She is vaccinated against the G-virus. They get to the train. 
everything's good except oh my god William Birkin has turned into some amoeba-like giant <laughs> creature and is tearing up the train. So finally, the lab explodes. Everybody gets out okay. Seriously. Birkin this... is killed in the explosion. Again, pointing this out, two and a half games. And this is like this is a completely well-rounded story full of plot twists and turns, and it's just fucking fantastic. Uh, and, it's actually three and a half games. That's the end of Resident Evil 2. You can so, start with the second so Teeves, half of Resident Evil 3. So, but before we do that, Teeves, can I ask you one thing about Resident sure. Evil 2? Yeah. Where's the fucking mayor when all this is going down? Oh, the mayor has totally lost his shit. He's <laughs> like, look, I've signed this deal with Umbrella. I thought things were supposed to be good, but no, they just turned my fucking goddamn city into hell on earth. So I'm just going to go and lose my complete mind and just do some impromptu surgery on the mayor's, on, on, on the governor's daughter, or whoever that chick is, because she didn't deserve that. Worst mayor, the mayor from Re- Chief. I'm oh, sorry, not sorry. Oh, not, the, not the mayor. That was the, the police chief, chief. chief. I'm sorry, the chief of police. Yeah, we don't know where yeah. the fucking mayor is. The mayor's on vacation. <laughs> um, they're like, hey, mayor, the city is overrun by zombies. You maybe want to get back there? It's like, hell no. Hell no. I don't. Might be the smartest character in the whole series. Um, worst authority figure, Chief Irons, or the mayor from Jaws. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. We'll get back to that. But Resident Evil Chief Irons loses his shit during a catastrophe, but the mayor from Jaws absolutely wanted there to be a catastrophe. (laughs) So, Uh, Resident Evil 3 Part 2, Jill wakes up in the hospital and she's still trying to get out of town, but she's still being chased by the nemesis. And we keep going through all of the like the city it's still mostly zombies i can't remember any real original stuff from resident evil 3 that you've never seen before it's just a lot of different in uh incarnations of previous resident evil villains except for what i remember was there's one point in resident evil nemesis where the ground just fucking opens up on you and there's this like giant caterpillar like thing that you have to fight to be able to, you know, uh, make the area safe so that you can get back above ground and continue the mission. Resident but, Evil 3 has a giant worm and a giant bat. The giant bat. That's right. I'm sorry. But she gets through all of that. She fights the nemesis, destroys the nemesis or kills the nemesis. I think, well, I think we need to point out that even though all these other giant creatures have just been walking around and just been tough and, and extremely hard to kill and extremely strong, none of them had weapons before. Not one. Actually fires a rocket launcher. Okay, rocket launcher. Rocket launcher. So she Not de- just... So she's defeats the nemesis. We think everything's all good and, and all nice and good. She's on a helicopter. She's getting out of town. But oh wait, somebody, the government or somebody sent a, a fucking tactical nuclear weapon to wipe <laughs> out fucking Raccoon City. Like, okay. They, the, the president was just like, all right, look, there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we, we can gotta, do. We just we have just to nuke this bitch from orbit. Nuke the site from orbit. That's the only way to be sure. <laughs> president Ripley said. <laughs> We'll, we'll That's get resident. We'll, we'll get back. We'll get back to presidential uh, parts in Resident Evil games in a second. Of uh, Resident Evil Four. Nope. 
So that takes care of Resident Evil 0 through 3. Now we're oh. going to get into Resident Evil Code, Code Veronica. Veronica. That's right. Um, do, do we want to take a little break before we get into yes, Code please. Veronica? Okay, please. we're, we're going to take a little break. And uh, we're going to continue on with the story. See, this is why we love this fucking franchise, because it's so good. It's bonkers. It's fucking it's insane. Fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. But we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to say what's up to Anchor FM, proud sponsor of this podcast. Thieves and Kid Phoenix versus Resident Evil. Uh, we'll be back right after these words. All right, welcome back. It is Teasing Kid Phoenix versus Resident Evil, sponsored by Anchor FM and the Umbrella Corporation. No, I'm kidding about that last part, but um, <laughs> whatever. So, Come at me, Umbrella. We'll take your money. No, we won't. No, we will not. Absolutely fucking not. They're, they they rank up there with Chick Fil A for me. Um, so we went through Resident Evil Zero, One, Two, and Three Nemesis. Now we get to the first Resident Evil game on the Dreamcast console. And this was, this game took place three months after the events of Resident Evil 2? Yes, so this picks up with the Redfields who still are looking, with Claire still trying to figure out where her brother Chris is and leads her to a secret facility in Europe where she gets captured and taken to an island. She gets taken to Rockford Island. I'm not yeah. sure exactly where it is. I'm, I think it's probably somewhere north and cold. Wikipedia oh. says the Southern Ocean, which I, I don't think that's fucking true at all. Oh, the Southern Ocean. That's fine. Yeah, um, <laughs> the fictional Southern Ocean. Can't even say Atlantic or Pacific, but go ahead. She awakens... To find, oh, look at that. There's a zombie outbreak in progress. <laughs> um, what a surprise. So she's trying to make her way around, figure out where she is and what's happening. Turns out this is an island where Umbrella sends its prisoners. Apparently that's something a corporation can do, have their own fucking jail for people that they don't like. So they have um, their own prison and they have their own SWAT team. This is, this right. is great. <laughs> Um, while she's running around the island dealing with zombies and zombie dogs and um, bandersnatches, which, bandersnatches. Is, hard, oh which is hard to explain, but it's kind of like a beast with one arm, but the one arm that he has is a Mr. Fantastic arm. Right. That's really far. Um, oh, and let, let's not forget. Let's not ever forget the goddamn monkeys. Oh, my God. The motherfucking monkeys. I, I think I hate the monkeys almost as bad as I hate the hunters. I fuck and like y'all don't understand how much I hate hunters. Like you could be real, real quick, point of order. You would literally be at like full health and somehow they still take your head clean off. But that's that's a whole nother that's a whole nother isn't, plot flaw. Isn't Code Veronica the first game with venom hunters? Hunters that poison you? Yes. <laughs> again 99 like cocaine still running rampant in that story office i guess well while she's running around there's a hidden there's a woman running around with a giant rifle shooting at her for some reason but she also meets 
Steve Burnside, who was a prisoner also on this island. Right. And he has a he has a penchant for golden weaponry. That's all I'll say. Gotta love uh, that. Um, you you meet the twins. Uh, wait, teams. no, 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 you don't. Okay, you do not meet the twins. Um, so you are going around the island. You fight very. You fight another giant worm. Um, you fight tyrants. And then finally, this person, this woman with the rifle has been shooting at you this whole time, causing your life of, to be miserable as you try to get the hell off this island. You finally have a final confrontation with her, only to find out she's a man, baby. <laughs> and uh, turns out that this is Alfred Ashford, who is and totally infatuated with his sister, with his twin sister, Alexia Alfred, so much to the point that he has developed a split personality disorder. Yes. And he thinks he is actually both people. Alexia Ashford is actually a brilliant 11-year-old genetic researcher. <laughs> 11 years old. Listen, we're not we're not out here saying that, you know, we grew up with Doogie Hauser so we know that shit like that is possible, but at the same time Jesus Christ is kind of a stretch. <laughs> um who actually figures out a way to maintain her intelligence and her personality and her herness while undergoing the transformations and getting all the powers that can be provided by the T-virus. She developed something called the T-Veronica virus. The only thing is, uh-huh. in order for it to work... Nice naming to, system. In order for the T-Veronica virus to work on its host, it has to be... It has to gestate inside that host for 10 years. <laughs> um, so again, sounds like another design flaw. Right. So at the end of the first chapter of Code Veronica, Alfred Ashford dies, but we see that Alexia's gestation period has ended. And right before chapter two of Code Veronica, you see the awakened Alexia taking her first steps into a new world. Now, Chris Redfield finally shows up after eating, after taking the longest lunch break. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Chris shows up after getting a message from Leon saying, hey, I know you're looking for your sister. Uh, She went looking for you. Uh, I feel like y'all need to, like, find each other. And, uh, yeah, figure this fucking shit out. Hold on really fast. I missed something. Oh, as, doesn't doesn't as, oh, that as, comes as later. Claire, I'm sorry. As Claire's trying to escape with Steve, they find a jet. Um, they get into <laughs> the jet. They start it up. I and, forgot about the jet. And it turns out it's on autopilot to another secret umbrella facility at the South Pole, where she has her final run-in with Alfred, and Alexia wakes up. Then and doesn't Wesker show up somewhere in this just game? Just a second. We're getting there. Oh, we're getting we there. We are okay. getting there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Chris shows up to Rockford Island. And one of the cool features of this game is since one character's coming right behind the other one, like when you're trying to pick up items and shit, like you have to think about if I use if I pick up all these items, there's not going to be anything left for Chris when he has to come through here. Yeah. So um 
you got to think about stuff like that. You have to be very strategic in the items that you pick up. And when you pick them up. Luckily, they use two slightly. Luckily, some of the items that they use, there's not a lot of crossover. She uses a crossbow and he uses a magnum. And But bottom line is he goes through all the stuff. Turns out Wesker's alive and is fucking with Chris the whole time when he's on Rockford Island. And then <laughs> Chris finds the Harrier. And since he's in the air, since he was in the Air Force, of course, he knows how to fly. It flies back to the Antarctic base. There's so much <laughs> shit going on. <laughs> That's, we're not even done. We're like halfway through this, through the fucking cannon here. Um, then, then we get Resident Evil 4. Just a second. Oh, I'm we're still here. Resident we're Evil still 4. not done with Cor- Code Veronica. Code I'm sorry. Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> See what we mean? Fucking so much cocaine. So much. They get back to the base. Chris finally finds Claire. They finally have a heartfelt reunion, but unfortunately, Steve's been transformed into a monster and they have to kill him. Very sad. They have to have a fight with the Ashford twins' father, who turns out to be Alexa's first experiment. And he's a weird dude with like spider legs coming out of his back. Oh my God. No arms and no legs. And finally, uh, Chris defeats Alexia and they get the hell out of Dodge. Um, but Chris, Claire, and Wesker survive. All right. So I feel like we need to do the short, short versions of uh, Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6. Short, short versions. Resident Evil 4. Okay. Leon S. Kennedy, now working for the president, goes to Spain where he finds a group of people that seemingly under control of a charismatic cult leader, but are actually un- only under his control because he is able to manipulate a new form of bio-organic weapon called the Plagas, which gets in your mind and leaves you very susceptible to suggestion. It also yeah. will mutate in you into a giant monstrous version of yourself in some instances. Leon goes there on to find the president's daughter who has been kidnapped and taken prisoner by the Los Illuminados cult. And a lot going on already. (laughs) He has, uh, he fights a bunch of people. He fights, um, he fights a bunch of new monsters. And finally, the Las Plagas, the uh, uh, popper zombies which are always fun but he is able to save ashley the president's daughter and they are able to escape via jet ski to the middle of the ocean or somehow resident evil 5 chris redfield (laughs) after Um, taking the longest lunch break in history after taking the longest lunch break in history chris and redfield and jill valentine create a new a new outfit designed just to hunt down these bioorganic weapons. And during a mission, Jill is compromised and left for dead or, and is compromised and thought dead. Uh, sometime after that mission, Chris is sent to Africa to look into um, a thing, to look into some bio weapon activity because it looks like a drug lord he's not a drug lord or he's like a strong man he's a strong man i would call him it's getting it's gonna get access to bioweapon why 
not only is, are the umbrella corporation having so many uh, accidents that they need their own mercenary force but they're having but, but they're but openly people, they're openly selling open. the shit they're not selling it but the shit is getting out like if there's one thing you don't want to get out it's viruses that turn people into goddamn zombies Can you please get some quality control over here anyway you meet you meet shiva in resident evil 5 shiva alamar is shiva i'm sorry uh the resident evil 5 is one of the few games that you can play in co-op so that's what the yes. partner is for if you're playing with two people you play as the part as shiva and one plays as chris but basically wesker's back He's gotten a sample of the Plagas from Resident Evil 4. He's in cahoots with another organization to spread the virus all over the world so that only the strongest can survive. Chris has got to stop him. He stops him by punching a, vol- punching a boulder into a volcano. Uh, that is not a joke. That is, that not, is not a joke. That is that's what fucking, that's fucking what happened. And finally, Wesker is dead. Oh, but not before revealing that he has brainwashed Jill to do his bidding. Right. Uh, the the we'll, we'll get into favorite moments uh, later on. But uh, Resident Evil Six. Uh, so let me let me let me make sure I get this right. Uh, so so Jake is the son of Albert Wesker. Yeah. Okay. And... There's three separate campaigns. Resident oh my Evil. god. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Here's the thing about Resident Evil 6. Uh, it took the co-op idea from Resident Evil 5, brought it back, which I appreciate. But it also took the multiple in-game possibilities from Resident Evil 2 and said, okay, here are three different campaigns. And wasn't it like the main and the alternate campaign for each person? No, they're person? all main campaigns. But it's like six people. There's six people. So there's the main person, like the first story, or you could play them in any order. I just usually play them in this order. The first story is um, Leon and his partner. Can't remember. (laughs) Sherry and Jake. Sherry's in there. And Chris and and, and, uh, Niels. So Ada Ada does show up in this thing. Ada all... Ada is a secret fourth campaign. <laughs> and also we've gone in, in Resident Evil 6, we've gone from the T virus to the G virus to the now C virus. Why? How are they still allowed to make these? Okay, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. So basically, <laughs> basically. Uh, in Leon's chapter, there's an outbreak on a, on a university campus where the president was speaking, and unfortunately, the president gets turned into a zombie, and Leon has to murk him. And part of that reason is because the president was going to publicly oust Umbrella for their roles and everything okay. that has happened over the last decade. But the bottom line of that part of the campaign is you find out that the Secretary of Defense is actually working for Umbrella. Chris's campaign, Chris gets sent to China to deal with a giant BOW outbreak and and to deal with a bunch of fucking people. Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, and the main point of that campaign, I think, is for Chris to 
find something. I don't know. I'm lost. <laughs> the fourth it, it, campaign plays more like Nemesis, where you have a, a giant creature chasing you the whole time. Sherry Birkin is the main protagonist of that one. She's all grown up. Wasn't the there campaign. like some oil platform that I remember in Chris's campaign? There might have been. Yeah. Look, I you could tell tell me there was a, there was a fucking blimp attack in that game. <laughs> that game has everything. It's nuts. The, the game literally has everything. But basically, the story got so bloated and convoluted by the sixth one that they had to go back to basics. Resident Evil Seven is just about a man trying to find his wife. Very simple. But he runs into a family of, let's just say, people that are down on their luck in rural Louisiana. And they happen to stumble across the wrong thing in the swamp one day. <laughs> so I'm assuming not the swamp thing. Basically, Umbrella was trying to transport another bioweapon but this bioweapon can control people's minds and this bioweapon also happens to be a little girl and you go through the whole game to find out that the little girl you were that that little girl was controlling everything the whole time and that your wife was hired to babysit that little girl Jesus um Resident Evil 8 the protagonist Ethan from Resident Evil 7 Gets murked in his home. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that. Is in his home playing with his daughter when he straight get when he straight gets murked by Chris Redfield. Just out, just out of nowhere. I was just like, wait, that's fucking Chris. What the fuck is Chris doing? Sitting down to dinner, just get murked. <laughs> Can't even finish my mac and cheese. Just, no bullet in the ass. And he winds up in a village where there's all kinds of crazy creatures going on, all kinds of crazy stuff. And it turns out that this village is the original, original place where the founders of the Umbrella Corporation start found the shit they got started with, found this the very the, this, first version of the T-Virus. This is the first iteration of the secret underground lab. There's no secret underground lab. Yeah. This is where they found a, one of the source components for the T-virus. And now in Resident Evil 9, who the hell knows what's going to happen? All of this to say, Resident Evil has been a, a staple in video gaming for, God, almost 30 years. There's just so much to love and appreciate about this franchise. And we'll get into some of our personal likes and uh best moments but and we rarely do this but i feel like we need to take yet another break satisfy the sponsors yet again come back and we'll give our favorite moments of the resident evil franchise and you know what i know teams is gonna hate me for this but uh i'm gonna i'm gonna wax poetic a little bit about the movies because they they have their moments too so teams and kid phoenix We'll be back after yet another break and uh, back after these words with more Thieves and Kid Phoenix versus Resident Evil. All right, so so Thieves, that the three-minute timer thing didn't exactly pan out the way we thought it would? 
three minutes turned to like 30, I guess, which is fine. Uh, okay, maybe not 30, but... Uh... Yeah, close enough. Uh, so now there have been so many great moments in the in the video games. We felt like it was a good idea to not not satisfy big buzzfeed and go like top five moments and shit like that but just our favorite moments and like what were what were our favorite oh shit moments in various uh resident evil games and are, are we going to do this in numerical order or we're we trying to do this in chronological Wait a minute. order didn't you want to talk about something else first the, the movies yeah sure uh as the as the certified bona fide uh, person to discuss Resident Evil movies on this podcast because Tease refuses to fucking watch them. Um, it's a, I, I'll just say this. There are certain Resident Evil movies that are good and then others that you can simply discard as, all right, whatever. It's a Resident Evil movie. It's on Netflix. I can watch it for free. Um, the OG Resident Evil, strong. Steve hates it. I think I think it's good. I think it's fine. Uh, it took it didn't take much from the video games, with the exception of the title. But the idea of the the zombie infestation and the zombie outbreak—it's of course there. There's no mansion in the OG res. Well, there is a mansion in the OG Resident Evil, but not what you would think. The OG mansion comes later in the Resident Evil uh, reboot. Welcome to Raccoon City which I'll get into in a second, but Resident Evil OG, definitely worth watching. Resident Evil Apocalypse, definitely, definitely good because it introduces Jill Valentine on top of the Nemesis character, which I have a not-so-secret fondness for. Afterlife, that one is set in Vegas. That one you can probably... You don't have to watch it. It's 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 fine for like a Saturday afternoon. I need some white noise kind of a thing. The final chapter is absolutely fucking unwatchable. I only watched it once. And basically it's because I can't think of Albert Wesker as a good guy in any sense of the term. Welcome to Raccoon City. I've watched a couple of times and I enjoyed it. It was way more true to the source material, which I appreciated. But... It, it, it's set up for a sequel. I don't know if they're going to do a sequel. If they do, it might just be like a straight to Netflix or Hulu kind of jam, which is fine. Overall, the films, the live action films have been hit or miss. The only good Resident Evil animation movie was Degeneration. The other two are whatever. They're fine. But I am looking forward to the Resident Evil Netflix series, which should be out either the end of this summer or beginning of the year next year, 2023. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, yeah, that's that's my that's me waxing poetic on other Resident Evil media. Very nice. Listen, I will just say I watch bad movies for a living. Like, that's my job. That's my job. No, it's not actually my job, but I do a lot of that. And um, I I can't fucking watch. We're watching Apocalypse. We're watching Apocalypse watch one Resident day. Evil movies. We're watching not Apocalypse. Good. Uh, so now, favorite moments of our personal favorite moments for Resident Evil games. Um, and to you... satisfy Big Buzzfeed, we will do this as a top five. No, we won't. I thought we were just going game by game. 
Okay, you want to go game by game? Game by game, one moment. Uh, Resident Evil Zero. We'll do this chronologically. I feel like we had. I feel like we had the same one. Zero. I guess the giant scorpion monster. Oh my god! You're (laughs) already we're starting off at the same wavelength. I like this. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've seen sharks. We've seen snakes. We've seen giant plants. Folks, like, uh, think of how terrifying a scorpion already is. You're just walking along in the desert, and you just come across one, and you're like, oh, my God, oh, shit, I don't want to be anywhere near this fucking thing. Think of a scorpion that's maybe, like, what, what, what like, 20 feet long? Yeah, no, hard, like hard pass. You want me to fight this thing with nothing but a handgun? No, thank you. Um, the original OG Resident Evil. Wait, so we're doing wait, no, I think we have to you have to pick a, a, a favorite moment from either iteration of the game. All right, so your Resident Evil one moment can be from either the original or from the remake. Okay, uh, but I, I don't think, think it matters, it doesn't matter to me because my answer is the giant fucking shark. Fucking shark (laughs) it's just and it's just it's just sitting there it's just swimming there and it's just minding its own business and it just sees people and it just wants to do a shark thing i will say i will say the shark exchange in the remake is fucking incredible you can watch it on youtube if you have to if you play the game props to you uh but yeah giant shark resident evil resident evil one hands down Resident Evil 2. Hmm. I'll let you go first on this one. It's Mr. X from the remake. Yeah, that's strong. That's a strong one. Uh, for me, the my my favorite moment in it's it's kind of a heartbreaking moment. It's also from the from the two make. And it's when you have to uh you have to murk Marv because he's he's now a zombie. That just tugged at all my heartstrings. He's out here. He's trying to help Leon survive his first day, which again, first day, and you got to deal with a fucking zombie apocalypse. Like I can't, I, I can't wish that upon anybody. I just can't. Let's pour some out for Marv. Pour some out for Marv on this podcast. Uh, Resident Evil Three. It probably has to be when Nemesis first pops up with. I feel like it has to be very specific too for me. I'll say the first Nemesis chase in in Resident in the remake they make that moment happen really quickly, but but in the original I feel like there's a much longer chase sequence and it's really tense and you go through a door and usually when you go through a door you're safe, but you go through so much and the Nemesis comes right through behind you. It's like oh no. So for me, the oh shit moment in Resident Evil 3 Nemesis came from the original for, I guess that was PlayStation 2. But anyway, it was, it was the scene where Jill makes it to the police station and they cut to the animated cutscene, And she's about to walk through the door and then Brad busts through the gate and he's all injured. He's all fucked up. And then next thing you know, Nemesis appears out of fucking nowhere, murks Brad, 
and then Jill has to run into the fucking police station. I was like, oh shit, I need to get inside now. Mm. Like that was my shit when that happened, which is probably why I love the Nemesis character so much. Because he would just pop out of nowhere with a fucking rocket launcher. Uh, Resident Evil 4, um, hands down, the, the first the first time the head poppers and like the, the fucking veins and shit come out of their heads. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? What the fuck is this? This is new. This is different. Um, <laughs> wait, you skipped Code Veronica. Do we have a I, moment? For I, I did skip Code Veronica. You're probably more uh, you're probably more apt to Code Veronica than I am because you replay Code Veronica more than I do. It's really just the moment when you find out um, Alfred or Alexia is actually Alfred in disguise. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, Resident or no, or maybe when you find out Wesker's alive, also. That's when Wesker's al- when you find out Wesker's alive, that's a that's a that's a that's a head scratcher. That's a that's an eye popper. Um, Resident Evil Five, Chainsaw. Oh, sorry, sorry. Resident Evil Four. I didn't stay, specify a moment. No, it's when the regenerators first turn up. Oh, super tense scene. Resident Evil Four is much more of an action game. It doesn't have a ton of tense scenes in it, but when that thing shows up, it is super tense and it is super scary. And I won't spoil it anymore. Yeah, just watch. Just play the game. Uh, Resident Evil Five: The Chainsaw. Uh, Resident Evil Five. No, the Chainsaw Man. Isn't Resident Evil Four, right? Are you sure? I'm pretty yeah. sure Chainsaw Man is five, but I'll defer to you. No, uh, he's in four. Uh Resident Evil Five. I don't have one definitive moment. I um, think I, I think when Super Jill first appears and you're like, Yeah, oh Jill is Jill is here, Jill's gonna help me out. Oh no, Jill has superpowers and she's under the control of yeah, Wesker. When you when you find out that the fucking ninja that's been kicking everyone's ass is actually Jill. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a big one. Uh, Resident Evil 6. So in Resident Evil 6, like I mentioned before, it's separate. It's three separate campaigns, but there are moments where campaigns cross and it turns into a, like a super big giant fight. And you might have to quote me on this, but I think during those fights, you can actually have four people playing at the same time. You can. But, um, those moments are always, those were, those are the coolest moments for me because they feel really epic and like um, super blown out. Uh, the, the, the unfortunate murking of the president, which is necessary, but at the same time, Damn, that's fucked up. And brilliant plan. Secretary of Defense was in on it. Like that was just hell, hell of a plot twist. Again, lot, lots of cocaine. Lots of cocaine on the strategy meetings. Uh, Resident Evil Seven and Eight. I got to defer to you because I don't. I haven't replayed them as often as I should. So Seven, I'm going to say it's in the very beginning. There's a chainsaw involved. <laughs> Great things happen when you involve chainsaws in horror in horror uh, IP. And in House uh, and in uh, Resident Evil Eight, there is a place that you go that is very spooky and filled with dolls, and the whole experience in oh. that place is fantastic. There's not much. There, listen, there is so much to love about this franchise, and we are excited that there's going to be a resident evil 4 make we'll see what 
transpires because in every remake they have reimagined the plot slash story which i don't know how you feel about that but i think it's cool it's pretty cool yes but it says one of the things in the trailer it says uh, i don't know expect the unexpected or something like that so i'm expecting some things might be slightly different than we remember or than we expect and that's fantastic. I'm always here for that. Yeah. I'm always here for that. We're always here for those parking lot swings. Uh, so what what franchise are we going to talk about next in this in this series? I, I don't know. Where, do we go Streets of Rage now? <laughs> sure. <laughs> little Ninja Gaiden, perhaps? No, I'm kidding. But uh, we'll, we'll figure all that out in future podcasts. In the meantime, this has been Teams and Kid Phoenix versus Resident Evil. You can like, follow, subscribe us. If you do a quick Google search for the podcast, it's teasing Kid Phoenix versus. We always say this every episode of the series. We did all the legwork. You just have to find us. We're on Twitter. Uh, the show is at teasing Kid versus. I am at DLB Royster. T is at T with K. And yeah, like, follow, subscribe. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're not on Snapchat or TikTok because there's really no space there for us. But, you know, maybe in Series 3 we'll work it out. But we're going to get out of here. More great podcasts coming up down the pipeline. Some serious stuff. Maybe some more dick and fart stuff. But, uh, yeah, we're going to get on some ideas. We're going to get back in the, in the camp with or without cocaine, perhaps. But, I mean, we, we do perfectly well without, I feel. Yes. Uh, no, we will not be doing cocaine. The last, I, I think Tease will agree with me, but the last thing that people need on this podcast is me on uppers. Absolutely not. I <laughs> do not need that. Until then, we're going to get out of here. Deuces for the Series 2, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Later. Later.